dyslexia. Um, what shocked me when I read about it was they say up to 43 million people have some form of dyslexia. That's 12.5% of the population. So, um, my son and I uh, will be talking later. Mine came on, I think, in the second grade. And this is what my son also said. He started nose second grade, uh, and I won't ruin the interview, so we'll let him say that. But in elementary school, some of the symptoms they list here are spot on. Um, something called dysgraphia. Is that the right pronunciation? Probably not. D-Y-S-G-R-A-P-H-I-A. That's a slow, non-automatic handwriting, as it's difficult to read. Okay. I don't think I had that that badly. Uh, letter and number reversals continuing past first grade. I didn't personally have trouble with that. Uh, extreme difficult learning cursive. Again, I didn't have that. Slow, choppy, inaccurate reading. Guesses based on shape or context, skips or misreads prepositions like at, to, of, ignore suffixes. Can't sound out unknown words. Now, now we're getting more into the territory I was in. Terrible spelling. That's definitely true. I could not spell. Often can't remember sight words. They, where, does. And homonyms, homonyms, uh, homina, homina, homina. It was difficult, and it still is difficult to get my day right. So I constantly get those mixed up. I don't usually ever use the apostrophe, so I replace it with T H E R E. Difficult telling time on a clock. I didn't have that problem, but it's something to look for, I guess. Trouble with math, memorizing multiple patient tables. So these are probably just general things to look for. Extremely messy bedroom, backpack and desk messy, uh, dread going to school, complaints of stomach aches or headaches. And also, you have to check in your lineage. In my case, I had dyslexia, so my son got it. Uh, that's the biggest warning sign of all, if someone in the family has it. Now, going into high school, it pretty much is spot on. I had limited vocabulary, difficult putting th thoughts onto papers, dreaded writing papers, memos, letters, unable to master a foreign language. Well, I did good the first semester of Spanish, but in the second one, the guy was kind of a jerk, and he failed me. Difficult reading printed music. Well, I didn't do a lot of that, but when I look at music, it, it looks pretty difficult to read. May have to read a page, and now I bolded this especially two or three times to understand it. Uh, Pastor Brian will talk about this.
later on, but that one's spot on. Uh, there's times when I'm not, when I'm really tired, where I can't even, no matter how many times I read it over, I, I, I just can't get it. Terrible spelling, that's spot on. Still have difficulty uh, with left versus right. I don't have that problem. Some people might. Often gets lost, even a familiar city. I have zero, and I mean zero, sense of direction. Uh, yeah, no, no sense of direction. Uh, when I was married, my wife would go to the, the, the shopping mall, and I'd be like, well, okay, meet me at, what, Stearns or something. I don't know if anyone has heard of Stearns, but it used to be a clothing store. And um, so I was like, how do I get there? <laughs> so I would always have a hard time, and I still have a hard time. Uh, I guess yesterday I went on an interview, and I could not find the place. The GPS dropped me off in one building, and that wasn't the right building. So I drove around, drove around, finally called the guy who was supposed to meet me. He was in his car. Luckily, I saw his car, and I found the place, but not after two or three circles around it. So even though I'm good at math and computers, sense of direction and things like that, I am just awful. Sometimes it confuses B and D. Not a problem for me, but some people might have it, especially when tired or sick. Poor grades in many classes. May drop out of high school. Because, I mean, I know my son hated school, but, he, you know, we told him he got to finish high school. So he did. And it was hard, but he did it. Um, according to my sources, there's no known way to correct the underlying brain abnormality that causes dyslexia. Dyslexia is a lifelong problem. However, early detection and evaluation to determine specific needs and appropriate treatment can improve success. So what that's saying is catch it early if you can. And there's all sorts of remedial uh, classes that, uh, like my son, and we'll talk about this later, went to a Saturday morning class, which he absolutely loved, having to go to school on Saturday. <laughs> so, as far as I remember, uh, it just seemed like reading got really hard in second grade. It was harder and harder to read, harder and harder to write. So I think with my son and I, at the onset was about the same time. So, if you don't have depression, anxiety, or ADD, I think this actually is manageable. My sources say 14.5 million to 43 million in the United States, which would be 12.5%. One in eight people suffer from some form of dyslexia. So, I read another article that just said 43 million and didn't even 
say, 14 to 43. So there's a lot of people out there with this problem. And there was also a study done in 2000 of Texas prisoners found that half of them were dyslexic. 50% of the prisoners were dyslexic, and about two-thirds struggled to reading comprehension. So if they don't get a good start and you don't pay attention, and just for the parents out there, don't put it off. Get them tested. Get them, get them into a course that will help them. Because I think as much as my son didn't like Saturday school, I think it did help. Well, I think um, it's scary. Just it's, it's scary, and you got to keep an eye on your kids and make sure that they don't have this problem where where it's a dead end. So, uh, I mean, surely with this big number of people with this problem, it's all over the news, right? No. No one talks about it. I don't know of anyone that talks about it. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. If a child doesn't achieve success at reading in early grades, you will not even want to attempt to because failure is painful. Self-esteem erodes. 85% of all juveniles in juvenile court are functionally illiterate. 85%. 70% of inmates in American prisons can't read beyond the fourth grade level. And here's one that really shocked me. And I hope that this will be remembered. Two-thirds of students who cannot read proficiently by the end of fourth grade will end up in jail or on welfare. Two-thirds. So... I think when my son started to fail in second grade, we got him into a remedial class, and I think that helped him. So, what are we doing? Uh, as far as I know, no one's really doing anything about dyslexia. There's nothing you can do. If it can't be treated, it's not like ADD where you can take medication. So, it has to be managed. It's particularly a, might be a problem if, you know, your child is an average IQ. It could really hurt his confidence, hurt his self-esteem. And you don't want you, you don't want to see a person, especially your child, uh, have such a big burden in such an early time in his life. So, without further ado, I will call up my son. We're going to go to the interview with my son, Pastor Brian, and you'll see why he is so lovable. Okay, everybody, I will see you in a second. Okay, everybody, uh, we have our guest. His name is Pastor Brian. He's my son and head pastor of his church. 
which will remain nameless. Um, so, Pastor Brian, how are you today? I'm great. Okay. How are you, Dad? I'm good, but you can't call me Dad. You just call me Bob. I'm just kidding. Okay, Bob. All right. When you first, when did you first know you had dyslexia? Um, I would. Uh, I I remember second grade, probably around that time. Yeah. Now, was there like a time where you thought that? Your, your your reading well, got worse. No, I mean I just um, it was second grade. I don't really remember that much about it, except I mean I didn't really know how to read that well in general. I don't okay. think. All right. So who uh, diagnosed you with dyslexia? Did you go to a doctor or? We just uh, I think you guys took me to get tested for it, if I remember correctly. Okay. So. We we're pretty good parents because you you have you problems at school. <laughs> you have problems at school, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't do well in second grade. Yeah. I think I almost I almost stayed back. I think. Yeah. Did you know that forty three million people have some form of dyslexia in, in the USA? I did not know. That's twelve point two percent. What did your parents do? That you hated the most. Uh, well, they took me to a school on Saturday mornings while Saturday morning cartoons were on. So. And what, what what did they do at the school? I think they, if I remember, it taught me mostly about like repetition and left to right. I had some kind of board that I had to like rub from left to right as I was reading to try to help me recognize reading from left to right, I guess. I don't really know what it did. It was more about repetition, I think. Did it help you at all, do you think? I don't know. I mean, I um, last time I was tested for dyslexia, I was in my 20s, and I didn't technically... I was underneath the... I was on the borderline of having it and not having it. I was right underneath having it. So I didn't really have it anymore, technically, according to the testing when I was in my 20s. Okay. Uh, that's good. So maybe... So, so maybe, maybe it helped. Maybe it worked. So that kind of ruined your Saturdays, and yeah, uh, you might have got help by it. Uh, well, I missed out on Bill Nye, the science guy. That's so. true. We watched it every Saturday. Tell us about um, when you graduated high school. You, you said you didn't want to go to college. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and school was never really a thrill for me outside of the social aspect. I liked hanging out with people and being around people more than I liked studying. Studying was never easy, and test-taking was never easy. I still don't think test-taking has been that great for me. Now, how about regular reading? Do you have to read things over... To understand them. Uh, depends on the difficulty of the read. Um, you know, some things I yeah. can read and take in pretty easily, and some things, if they bore me quicker, I lose focus faster. And if there's a lot of big words, then I don't, then I just don't want to read it. Yeah. Have you tried read aloud? Oh, you're talking about like if it reads to me? Yeah. Yeah, I like listening. 
I like listening to books all the time. Yeah. So you do a lot of book listening. All right. Easier uh, that way. So what happened later that caused you to want to go to college? Well, I mean, I just figured out there was a point in my life where I realized it didn't matter what I think for me, it was a lot of stuff that was, I was just more embarrassed than I, than I needed to be about things. And I started not caring as much about what the people thought. And I, and I found something that I loved to do, which was pastoring. And I wanted to get a better education. I was interested in it. So I worked harder at wanting to be, a, wanting to get more education in the thing I believed in. How, how long did it take you to get a college degree? Uh, three years. So what you did on the weekends? No, I was full time student. I took three. Uh, I took a three year elevate. I mean, um, a three year accelerated bachelor degree program. So it was full time. I mean, I did three semesters a year and knocked out all my credits. Now I'd already had a half a semester of credits that I took when I was eighteen that transferred a couple classes, and I had some. For the degree I was going for, I had some um, experience that transferred over as credits because I didn't have to take classes of things I've been already doing for the last few years. Yeah. Okay, so that that helped. Uh, We had a graduation ceremony, and you dunked yourself in the water, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Okay, so one of the last questions is, how does it affect your life today? Would you say it's just a pain in the ass? Is it? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sure it it caused. I don't know. It has it has its positives and its negatives. So the negative side of it is it's been always harder for me to retain information um, when it comes to reading and spelling, writing. I'm not a. I'm not the best writer. I've become a better writer. Uh, I used programs to help me fix my grammar. Um, technology has made a difference, but it also slowed me down a little bit to where I wasn't rushing through my work. So there's a there's a two sides to it, I guess. Okay. Well, and also you read the Bible today. Yeah, I mean, I read the Bible. I read leadership books. I read a lot of things. I read articles about baseball. There's a lot of stuff I read. Okay. You know, school is different for everybody, I guess. I just learned to realize that I wasn't going to be the guy that it came natural to, so I had to figure out how to make it work. Do you have anything else you want to tell everybody about dyslexia? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, a person has two ways that they can operate out of something that they've been given. They can sit there and they can use it as something that's going to cause them to stop being who they are or they can figure out a way to push forward and become better and so I think it comes down to the person and what they their mindset is you know disabilities are looked at in a lot of different ways some people will use them and say I can't do anything and some people will use them and make themselves better and so I decided to go with the one that was going to make myself better and so I wound up graduating college at the top of my list um, I had a uh, uh, 3.9 GPA, and so I pushed myself forward. And so um, I don't, 
I don't know. I just think you have to find a way to push through it, or you can take it and let it destroy you. Yeah. It's up to you. That's a great attitude. Um, I'm mm. glad that you have such a great attitude about it, and I hope I had some kind of influence on that, but maybe not. But yeah. it's been a pleasure, and uh, you know, I appreciate you talking to us and everybody else. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, Brian. Thanks a lot. All right, Bob uh, slash Dad. See you later. Pastor Brian. Bye-bye. See you. All right. So there you have it. You can either let it destroy you or you can fight back. For parents out there, give them a, a brief description of what to look for. If your child doesn't start talking by one, or if he mixes up sounds or syllables in long words such as aminal, uh, constant confusion of left versus right, late establishing a dominant hand, difficult learning to tie shoe, trouble memorizing address, phone numbers, or alphabet, can't create words that rhyme. Now, I didn't have any of these things um, that I can recall. If there is extra pressure, then you just have to fight extra hard and it makes you into a better person. Maybe that's what it's all about. Maybe that's why you have to go through these issues. But you can see why uh, my son is, um, you know, very special. Um, all my children are. And uh, it's, just, it's just a joy to be around. Um, but I think, like I said, I mean, the world keeps giving you problems and you need to find a way to solve them. And you can see that my son has found a way to solve them. Like Phil Collins says, he doesn't care anymore. Blame everybody and say, oh my God, how can I do anything? I got this, I got that, I got, I got all sorts of problems. Or else you can be like my son and just say, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to get my 3.9 in college, and, and I'm going to take my robe and jump in the lake. And, you know, it just breaks my heart that he had to go through it. All that pressure that it is, but it made him a better person. And I think that's what this, I, I want this show to be. I want this show to, to be not, oh, oh, poor me, oh, so, let's just, you know, everybody uh, just say how hard everything is because you got this disease, you got that disease. Fortunately, I don't have some of the other ones I'm discovering as I go through the different mental illness sites, uh, the CPTSD, 
Uh, I was just reading yesterday about someone who doesn't really have any contact with people. He has no friends, he has no relatives, he has nobody. And he's trying to recover from, I guess they would call that CPTSD. And, you know, just normal PTSD is bad enough, but uh, if your parents uh, treated you horribly and uh, you let that destroy you, then, then that's it. Then you're destroyed. Then you take drugs, go on welfare, you can go in jail. In jail, or else you can say, "Fuck it, I'm going to do good anyway." I don't give a goddamn the rat's ass what you know what the world's throwing at me here. I'm going to do it, and and that's it. And I know we all have it in us, is we all. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. We are all good under pressure under chaos, our best side of our problems come out. I'm trying to save people that might not, might look at this pressure and say, oh my God, I can't do this, I can't function. No, you can. The way you take it is one day, one day. You don't look at tomorrow, you don't look at yesterday, you say, today, today, what can I do to help myself? What can I do to make things easier for myself instead of harder than myself? What can I do not to make it, not to let it win? Don't let it win. We want to win. And I'm going off, I'm sorry. I'm going to end it uh, on that note. Good night, everybody. I'll see you next time.